You guys responsive tonight? You alive? You here? Some of you seniors are getting very close to graduating here pretty soon. You should be excited you're about to get out of school. For you high schoolers, you're about to get out of school to go back into school. So you're at the bottom of the barrel again. Matthew 20, in verse 20, and for you college kids, you're going to the real world. Nine to five. Okay. Matthew 20, in verse 20, corporate America, amen. Um, Working for the man. Matthew 20, in verse 20. Everybody there so far. Matthew 20, verse 20. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Let's all just give it up for David Dunker tonight. David Dunker is here in the house of God. David Dunker is in the house of God. You know, David Dunker does one of the most amazing responses you could give during a message. It's called the clear your throat when somebody's preaching. So it's... <clears throat> so let's just try that on three of the David Dunker response when we're preaching. One, two, three. Okay, there we go. And then if you want to change it up a little bit, you'll, you'll do mid-message, not just the cough, the cough, <laughs> the stand-up, the stretch, and sit back down, mid-message, especially when he's sitting on the second or third row. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Do the stretch. Okay, let's try that on three. One, two, three. Okay. So if you feel the response tonight, just the David Dunker response is bar none. I'm pretty sure, I feel like, Dunky, you did that when, like, Dr. Dufresne was here, and I was like, what is he doing? (laughs) Sit down. You don't know what you're about to do. Matthew 20, in verse 20. Okay, I'm reading from the New Living. It says, then the mother of James and John, sons of Zebedee, everybody say Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor and Jesus said what is your request she replied in your kingdom please let my two sons sit in the places of honor next to you one on the right and one on the left but Jesus said you don't know what you're asking are you able to drink from the cup of suffering I'm about to drink she said oh yes we are able Jesus told them you will indeed drink from the cup of suffering, and I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My Father has prepared those places for one who is chosen. Verse 24, it says, Then the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, and they were indignant. They were ticked. Mad. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over people, And the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. Verse 26, but he said, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader or wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Verse 28, it says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give his life a ransom for many. Notice, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life a ransom for many. So my title of the message tonight is called The Real MVP. Look at your neighbor and say, You the real MVP. Now look at your other neighbor and say, You the real MVP. 
going to give you one more time to do that. We need a little bit more attitude, a little bit more enthusiasm when you say it. You can say it to anybody right now. On three, you're the real MVP. One, two, three. That's it. That's it. Okay, I felt a little bit of little soul power in there when you said it. So tonight, we're going to be starting a series about serving. It's called Serve. And the first message tonight, we're going to talk specifically about serving others. I know you're excited about that. Just for the sheer fact that I said serving others, everybody gets super pumped when we talk about serving other people. And so tonight, we're going to start in the first part of this series. We're going to do this for several weeks, and we're going to talk about different things, talk about serving God, serving our church. But tonight, we're going to be talking about serving others. What does that mean? How do we do that? Is it even important anyways? Because it's so easy to serve ourselves. That's the way we were made. So let's read in Matthew 20 again, verse 20. We're going to focus in on this story in Matthew 20 today. So it's a story about James and John and the mama. Now be honest, boys in here. Who's a mama's boy in here? Raise your hand. I'm going to have to raise my hand on that one. Cakes, we already knew that. (laughs) As a given. There's a lot of mama's boys. Yeah, Cone, I knew that one too. But James and John were mama's boys. James and John were mama's boys completely because they even told their mom because they were scared to ask Jesus a question. Hey, mom, could you go ask them a question? How many have ever done that? You had your parents go ask somebody a question. When you could have done it, you're an adult, so to speak. You say you are to your parents, but when it comes to asking questions in public, mom, go ask them, please. Dad, go talk to them. And so this is what happened. James and John said, you know what? I don't want to ask Jesus this question. Let's get mom to ask this question. So their mom asked Jesus a question, and she said, you know what, when you come into your kingdom, I want my two boys riding shotgun with you. I want my two sons to be in a place of authority or influence. I want my two sons to be leaders. I want them to be great, like every parent wants their kids to be great. How many know every parent wants their kids to be first place? Every kid, I mean, every parent wants their kid to get A's and be the you know, the top of the class. Every parent thinks that their kid is the most amazing person at everything. That's what parents do, and that's that's the way it is. The same way with James and John's mom. They said, well, you know what James and John deserve, because they're his disciples, to be at the right hand of Jesus. And so Jesus answers her, but he takes that time to teach about who's really great and who's really a leader in the kingdom of God. And so... She goes and asks who can be at the right hand. And Jesus said, I can't tell you that because it's not up for me to give you that. It's of my father. And he also says here, which is true, if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to suffer with Jesus. Now, when he says suffer, he's not talking about you're going to have to have sickness and disease on your body or you're going to go through tragedy. Suffering is talking about persecution here. If you're going to follow Jesus and be for real about it, people are not going to like it. You realize they killed Jesus and he was perfect? So how much more us? 
if they killed somebody who was perfect, guess what? His followers are going to get persecuted even worse than Jesus. So if we're really going to follow Jesus, that's what he's saying. Hey, if you want to be a part of this, I'm just telling you ahead of time, you're going to suffer. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be misunderstood. People are not going to like you just for the fact that you follow Jesus. It's going to happen. And so he says, you're going to have to suffer with me all these things. And they said, okay, we can do that. And he goes on and says, my father is the only person who can choose for these positions that are beside me. I can't do that. But he takes this opportunity to teach us about who is really a leader or who's really significant in the kingdom of God. Who is great in the eyes of God. You still here tonight? In verse 24, it says, When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were mad. They were ticked off. I know you guys experienced that before. Some of you have siblings that are like that. They're the ones who go behind your back and ask your parents something to try to get ahead of you. How many got any siblings like that around here? There's one sibling that's the suck-up in the family and tries to sneak behind your back and say, you know what? I heard what Sookie Bear did the other night. Wouldn't you like to give me something? I heard what Megan did the other day. Does your sister do that? Maybe sometimes she does. So there's usually somebody in the family that does that or in your classrooms. How many know you don't like the suck-up? You don't like the kid that always tries to go behind your back and act like he's so proper or she's so proper and she's the teacher's pet. And that's what James and John were, so the other disciples were ticked off. They weren't too happy about that. There's like, hold on, James and John, we're supposed to be brothers. We're supposed to be bros. We're supposed to be tight. But you went behind our back to Jesus to get a better spot than us? So they were ticked off. Jesus said, okay, calm down. Love, love one another. You are my disciples, love one another. But Jesus takes this opportunity to preach a message. So let's start in verse 24 after his response there. So they were mad, but Jesus said, You know know that the rulers of this world lord it over people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader or wants to be great among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life a ransom for many. So he's trying to contrast the world's way of doing things with God's way of doing things. How many know they're different? Most things in this planet are different. There is God's way of doing it and the world's way of doing it. And majority of time, they're not the same way. Usually, they're the opposite ways. That's why there's so much uh, struggle sometimes in believers because they live in the world. And so, they want to act like the world. They want to do things like the world. And the world pulls on them constantly. But the world's ways are different than God's ways. And so that means we have to put some effort if we're going to do it God's way and not the world's way. But notice what he says, and you guys know this. The world's way is people like to be in charge so they can lord it over people. People want to be significant or have influence or be great, not for the sake of helping somebody else, 
just for the sake of being in charge. Just for the sake of, I get to be popular, I get to be first, I get to be a celebrity, I get to do things before other people get to do it. Not because they care about other people. That's the way the world does it. And that's why he goes on and says in verse 26, but it shall be different among you. His disciples should be different than the world. Because that's what James and John were just trying to do. They were trying to be like the world's way of doing things. Trying to push themselves ahead and other people down. And he said, you guys are my disciples. You're supposed to be different than everybody else. It's not a problem that you want to be in charge. It's not a problem that you want to be great or want to be a leader. But it's why are you doing it? What is the point for being great? What is the point of being an authority? Well, we're going to tell you tonight, hopefully. So this is something that we need to talk about first. As we go further in this, we need to understand the world's culture and the way you were born into this world, which you were born in sin, the world's culture is self. God's culture or the way of the kingdom of God is serve. They're different. (laughs) It's not your fault that you're this way. You were born into the planet this way. How many you know that? If you've ever been around a baby for more than five minutes, you know they want their own way. You're born that way. You're born selfish. You're born wanting what you want. You're born not wanting to share with others. You're born focused on self. And that's the world's way. And you notice, even people that grow up, it doesn't change just because you grow up. It's just different. But your focus is still self. So, I won't even go down the road of selfies because that just further explains my point. So, the kingdom of God is different. The way of the kingdom of God is not self, it's serve. Two different ways of living life and doing life. And you can be this way as a follower of Jesus. Now, it's going to take more effort because you're in the world's culture all the time. That is self, self, self. You need to have it your way. That's what the culture is telling you. You need more clothes. You need more food. You need more money. You need more friends. You need more authority. The world is telling you all the time through commercials, through TV, through radio, through iTunes, through Netflix, through everything you consume all day, every day. It's telling you, you deserve this. You need this. You should have this because you're American. And it's all about you, self, self, self. So if you're constantly absorbed with that all day long, even as a follower of Jesus, you're going to go that direction. But when you get saved, God gives you a new nature. And your new nature is different than that old nature. And your new nature wants to serve God, wants to serve church, wants to serve others, but you have to do something. You have to renew your mind to the fact That serving is better than self. Are you guys listening tonight? Because all of the culture and the enemy and your own flesh and every part of you is pulling you towards self all the time. 
but the way of the kingdom of God is serving. So this is what they tell you in the world. If you want to get ahead, you're going to have to cheat. You're going to have to lie. You're going to have to step on other people to get ahead. You're going to have to do whatever it takes to climb the corporate ladder and be successful and to be in charge and to be a celebrity and to be in leadership. But the kingdom of God is different. The way to be promoted in the kingdom of God is to humble yourself and then God will exalt you. The world's way is I exalt myself and let's just see if that works. A lot of times it doesn't because the Bible says God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. It also says in the Bible that pride, lifting yourself up, comes before a fall. So every time we try to lift ourselves up, eventually we're going to fall down. But the way of the kingdom of God is different. It's serve, it's humble myself, it's trust God, and God will do the promoting. A lot of people don't want to do that. Why? Because it requires faith you got to trust God to humble yourself. you got to have the attitude because a lot of people say, well, if I'm serving everybody else, then what's going to happen to me? That's where the kingdom of God comes in because God says if you serve others and you take care of others, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. I'll promote you. You don't need to worry about promoting yourself, handing your business card out to people, just trying to, to network with everybody so you can get ahead in life. God says, if you put me first and you humble yourself, I will exalt you. And when I do, nobody's going to bring you down. And nobody's going to be able to stop you. That's the reason that the devil became the devil in the first place. It's because his pride. He tried to exalt himself. And he says that in the Bible. He said, I will exalt myself above God. And as soon as he said those words, guess what? He fell out of heaven. Immediately. The same thing happens for us. Sometimes it doesn't happen immediately. That's why we think we're getting away with it. But God's way is serving. Are you still here tonight? The world's way is self. God's way is serving. So he addresses this issue, and we need to talk about this tonight because some Christian people act like, well, you don't need to want to be a success in life. You don't need to want to have the influence. You don't need to want to be great. Like, it's wrong that we're successful. Like, it's wrong that we're actually accomplishing stuff in life. No, that's, that's wrong. Christians saying that to you is wrong because Jesus doesn't rebuke them for wanting to be great. It's why do you want to be great is the question. <laughs> he doesn't care if you want to be a leader. He's for that. We need more leaders that are followers of Jesus. We need more people in the world that are in authority, that are in, in, in politics, in music, in movies, in, in, in a CEO, in, being an artist, every sphere of influence. We need more people that are in authority, that are influencing, that are doing something, something significant, that are successful. But it's why are you doing it? He doesn't mind that you want that. You realize God put that in all of us, not necessarily that we all want to be a leader or a CEO, but he put that in all of us that we all want to do something. Nobody says, I would like to waste my life and live an insignificant life and do nothing. Nobody says that. Isn't that right? Nobody says, I would like to be a loser the rest of my life. I just want to rot on my parents' couch in the basement 
and be a loser the rest of my life, do nothing with my life, have no job, (laughs) have no clothes, have no food, live an insignificant life, and just die. Nobody says, I would like to do that. Now, some of you say, I would like to live in my parents' basement and play video games and eat pizza, but I didn't say that. But at the core of yourself, you know that's not what you want to do the rest of your life. (laughs) That'll get old after a while. So we know that God put that in us. He, He knows that there's greatness in us. There's potential in us. Nobody just wants to waste their life away. Nobody. So God put that in us. So what is the purpose for it? Well, God says in his word that If you want to be a leader, if you want to be an authority, if you want to be an influence or be great, the New King James says great in the kingdom of God. It's for a reason, and greatness is for serving. So we got to ask ourselves, why do we want these things? Because in the kingdom of God, God says you want these things, but why do you want it? It should be for serving. So if God promotes you, When you get to that position, that only means that you can help more people. You say, well, you know, know, I'd like to have my own business. Well, why do you want it? You know, I'd like to be in authority of of this area of my life. Well, why do you want it? Is it for you or is it for other people? That's what God wants to know. Why do you want to be a person of influence? Just so you can be a celebrity? Because they're making it, right? They have sound lives. They're happy. They're joyful. They're peaceful. No, they're not. <laughs> Why do you want to be a person of influence? Why do you want all these followers on social media? Why? Why? That's what God wants to know. And it should be for serving. Here's some things to think about because a lot of you in here, like I said, not necessarily you middle schoolers, but you high schoolers, especially college students, especially in that age range, early 20s, we're all thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And that's a big question. And you should think about that because we all know in here we're going to be doing something the rest of our life. And once again, none of us are going to say, I would like to work an insignificant job the rest of my life. Nobody would say that. So ask ourselves these questions. Why do you want to get a degree in a certain area? Why do you want to get a certain job in the future? Why? Is it for you or is it for others? Why do you want to work this place or that place or do this with your life? Is it for money? Why? Because if it's not aligned with the purpose of God, when you get there, it's not going to satisfy you. (laughs) I don't care what degree, I don't care what job, I don't care how much money you make, what you're driving. I don't care if you live in the suburbs and have the house you always wanted and you got a nice car, for goodness sakes. Two kids, two puppies, two cats, and a turtle, for goodness sakes. Living the American dream. If you get all that for the wrong reasons, you will still be unsatisfied and probably more unsatisfied than you are right now because then you'll know it wasn't the answer in the first place 
You know why celebrities are more depressed than people like us? Because they actually have everything and they realize, I'm still empty. Still not satisfied, still not making it, still not enjoying my life because they realize I got it all that I thought I wanted and it's not anything without God. Are you guys hearing me tonight? And so I'm all for you guys getting degrees and being educated. I'm all for you guys wanting to get good jobs, wanting to earn money. But why do you want it? What is the purpose Is it for, what do we say, for self, or is it to serve? Because the way of the kingdom is serving, and that's the most fulfilling life, and that's the most satisfying life, and that's the best life, and you will have joy and peace beyond belief when you are into serving more than you're into self. So why do you want it? God doesn't care that you want to be great. He doesn't mind that you want to have influence or authority. You want to be a leader. He just wants to know why are you doing it. And he says it shouldn't be the way it is in the world in the kingdom of God. Verse 26, he said, Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Verse 27, And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. And we know these scriptures in the Bible. Jesus says, The last will be first and the first shall be last. He's talking about if you constantly try to put yourself first, you're going to end up last every time. It's not going to be what you thought it is. If you become the CEO of a great company, if you become a celebrity, if you get everything you thought you wanted in the world, if you keep putting yourself first, you're going to come in last in the kingdom of God. So the purpose for all these things, for being great, for being a leader, for being a person of influence, is so you can serve and help more people. That's how you keep your heart right. No matter how big you get, your priority should be, the more influence God gives me, guess what? That's more people I can help. For some of you that are going to go in the business field, the more money God gives me and brings to me, That's not more money just for me. That's more money I can help other people with. That's more money I can fund into the kingdom of God. That's more money I can help people that don't have it as good as I have it. Not just for self. It's to serve. Why did you you get that job? Why did you get that degree? Why did God put these things in your life? It's not for you. It's to serve. It's not for self. It's to serve. In the Old Testament, Abraham, we know Abraham, the father of Abraham. We know he was the father of our faith. We know that Abraham, God blessed time and time again. But it says that God blessed Abraham so he could be a blessing. There's a bigger purpose than just Abraham. And Abraham kept being promoted and kept being blessed the more that he blessed others. And the more that God exalted Abraham, the more he helped others. It should be the same way with us. There's a reason for God exalting us, and it's not about us. It's about others. You guys still here? You enjoying yourself tonight so far? So Jesus goes on and says, Whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave or your servant. 
Verse 28, for even, notice, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is the greatest example of all time of this. I love that. Jesus doesn't just preach something. He lives it out before us. If you read the Gospels, if you read the life of Jesus, you see this. Jesus didn't just say to his disciples, you guys need to serve other people and me. If you read the Gospels, Jesus was the biggest servant of all time. In his earthly ministry, in his death, in his resurrection, the whole time it was all about others, not about himself. And so we see that in his ministry, Jesus was constantly, wherever he went, healing people, delivering people, even when sometimes he was tired. He wanted to eat something. He wanted to rest, and Jesus would heal somebody. He would bless somebody. He would have a miracle. He would have deliverance, constantly serving people, constantly helping people. We see that he went to the place of washing his disciples' feet. And that was the ultimate way of serving other people in that culture of that day. If you, you serve somebody to that level, that was the most humbling thing you could do was when somebody came into your house, if you took off their sandals and you washed their feet for them. That's the most humbling thing you could do. And Jesus did that, notice, for his disciples. The closest people to him. You're thinking, this is the God of the universe in flesh. Of anybody who's ever lived that deserved to just sit back and say, y'all serve me. I deserve this. Because he did deserve it. But he never said that. He gave us the greatest example of all time. That even though he deserved to be served, he decided I'm going to serve other people. And how much more us, none of us in here deserve to be served by anybody. Let's just straighten that out. That we should have that same attitude that Jesus did and serve other people. That's the way of the kingdom. That's the way of God is serving other people. It says in Philippians that Jesus, not only in his earthly ministry, but even in his death, he humbled himself to the point of dying on the cross for us. He didn't have to. He did that for us, but he humbled himself, even though he was God, to humble himself to mankind's level. And to die on a cross, and that's why it says in Philippians, therefore God has exalted him above every name that's named. Why? Because the way of the kingdom is serving. In the life of Jesus, it's true. What happened? Jesus, he was all God, but he was all man. And as a man, he humbled himself, and knows what happened. When he humbled himself to the Father, the Father exalted him. And now it says that Jesus is exalted above everyone and he has the name above every name because he chose to serve. You guys getting this tonight? So we see that Jesus was the servant of all. He was the greatest servant of all time. He didn't have to be. He deserved to be served. But Jesus doesn't just tell us to do this in his preaching, but in his living, he did this for us. So we see that the world's way of doing things is different than God's way of doing things. And that's what we want to make clear in this series, that the way of serving is different than the way of self. 
and you're going to stand out and you're going to be different and people might make smart remarks at you, don't go back at them. Don't try to defend yourself. Just keep on serving because those same people will come around eventually because you've been serving this whole time because they'll see that God has exalted your life not because you try to put yourself first, but you put others first. And so we see here the, the title of this message is The Real MVP. And some of you have seen that. All over the, the internet. It's been around for a long time. But Kevin Durant, a basketball player, when he was given the MVP award, he said that his mama was the real MVP. The reason he said his mama was the real MVP because he talks about she sacrificed so much so he could be where he is today in the NBA and be the MVP. She sacrificed her whole life as a single mother so that himself and his brothers could survive. And that's why he goes on, and of course we've heard a lot of jokes about that because it's a funny saying, the real MVP. And he said, my mom is the real MVP, not me. But I want to talk about that because, you know, MVP means most valuable player. Or we could say most valuable person. And the real MVP in God's eyes are different than the world's way. That's what I want to make clear tonight. Because the world will say the most valuable people on this planet are celebrities, are CEOs. The most valuable people on the planet are rock stars and athletes. The most valuable people on the planet are the wealthy and elite. And Jesus came and just threw that junk all out the window with what he said. God bless those people, but that's not the most valuable people on this planet. He said the most valuable people on the planet are the servants. You might not ever hear their name this side of heaven, but they're the most valuable people on the planet. They're the greatest people on the planet. Sometimes people will never look up to those people and say, man, look at their leadership, look at their authority, look at their influence. But those people are the people that God says they're the most valuable people on the entire planet. Servants. We need to get that in our heart and our mind because I realize all of us, especially as young people, it's tugging on us all the time to look up to the wrong things and think that the, the wrong people are the people that we should really look up to because they're really doing great things and they're really making it. And sometimes we overlook the people that are servants when they're the greatest the whole time. We need to have this attitude like Jesus has. That you don't come to be served, but to serve other people. And not in a weird Christian way, because you hear this all the time. Hosh, you didn't say this, but, uh, you know, somebody will say, hey, you know, we appreciate you. Ah, servant brother. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a servant. Got a servant's heart in here. I'm a servant. I feel like I've heard Pappy say that one, one time or two. He hadn't said that. But I'm not saying in a weird, creepy Christian way when you don't act like that the rest of the week, but just when you're at church, you're doing something good, like picking up a, a rapper, and somebody comes by and says, servant's heart, servant's heart. You see tables and chairs? I am a servant. But what do you do the rest of the week? <laughs> you're only picking up that table and chair so you don't get yelled at by somebody. Hello, somebody. That's the truth. But not in a weird way, like, I'm a servant. I'm just here to serve, man. It's God. Not me. You ever heard somebody say that? 
most of the time when they say that, it's just like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, I like that compliment, but I'm going to try to act like it's about God, but it's not me. Type of thing. Anybody ever said that? But you know God ain't wearing those jeans for you. That's what I'm saying. That's an inside joke. I'm sorry, the rest of you in here. Laugh. It's hilarious, even though it's an inside joke. Okay. It's just an inside joke between me and Pappy and a couple other people. We were at Love is Red, and we were talking about, you know, I shared this a couple weeks ago. In the room, why do I go here? I don't know why I go here on Thursday nights. In the room, uh, we would get in front of the mirror and look at our outfits before Love is Red and, like, say, like, I look like a piece of garbage. I look like a piece of trash. Everybody's going to know that I'm a loser from Southern Indiana. That's like what we say to ourselves in the mirror. So we'd get in front of the mirror, and we'd always be like, all right, give it five minutes, Pappy. You go look, one minute you're going to look like a piece of trash. Next minute you're going to look like the hottest person on GQ magazine. And it would always be true, not, not for me, for him. But that came in the room. We, we would say, hey, you know what? You look good. And he'd be like, no, nah, nah, man, it's God. But then he'd say, but God ain't wearing these jeans for me. And God didn't fix, fix his hair this good. And he didn't have this smile either. So, okay, that's an inside joke. All right. Tough crowd. You know what I'm saying now. So we see the real MVP, the most valuable person on the planet is the servant. I'm telling you, it's not going to change the rest of your life. You, you, you'll chase after different things, but you'll go back to this. And what Jesus said is still true. Thousands of years later, the way of God, the way of the kingdom is to serve others first. To put others first. And trust me, the more you do it, the more your desires will go there. The more you serve others, the more you'll get stuff out of it. A lot of times when we first start serving other people, we're not necessarily into it. But the more we put the way of God first and serve other people. Notice, we already have that desire in us if we're saved. But the more we put that first and serve other people, we'll enjoy it. Joy will come. Peace will come. We realize that joy and peace and all these things we want never comes from putting ourselves first. It never does. It comes from putting God first and putting others ahead of ourselves. And when we do that, trust me, when you serve other people, when you help other people, and you make that your number one priority like Jesus was, God himself will make sure that you're taken care of. Don't worry about it. I know it's happened in my life. I know it's happened in a lot of your lives in here. You've done that. And every time I've ever done that, God has made a way and provided for me. So don't get into these thoughts, well, who's going to serve me? I'm just serving everybody else. Who's going to help me? You know, if you do that, God is faithful, and he will promote you, and he will help you, and he will send people, sometimes you don't even know, to come serve you and do things for you because he is faithful to his word. So the real MVP is those who serve. Did you get something tonight? Let's close our eyes for a moment as we close tonight. Let me ask this before we close. I know most of us in here are saved. And we know we're going to heaven. We're part of a church. But let me ask this. If you need to accept Jesus into your life,